Welcome, we're your hosts, Alicia and Whitney on Coming Coming Up Up Higher, where we're creating space through conversations, special guests, and inspiration for you to come up higher in the things of Christ in everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to Coming Up Higher. Today we have returning guest Debbie Short with us, and we get to just really have a time where we just sit together and talk. <laughs> we have a lot of phone conversations with the three of us on them, and we've always talked about like, man, it'd be, I wish somebody could record these because some encouraging things happen, and even just God kind of moves in, in our conversation and, and revelation comes. But we wanted to share some stories with you today, specifically from Debbie, where God has just really moved in in her life and and affected the other people around her through just kindness Mm -hmm. and through being the hands and feet of God. And our hopes in recording this episode is that it encourages you that you too can be the hands and feet of God. And God has amazing adventures and, and incredible exploits in store for you, but we just have to be willing to first listen to God and then act on it. So we are excited to share some of these stories with you. We know you're going to just be encouraged and blessed by them and hopefully inspired to do the same. So here's our conversation today with Debbie. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. One of the best ways to come up higher is through worship. Our desire is to help you cultivate meaningful worship moments through the music we create. You can listen to our music on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you buy or stream music. Physical copies of our albums can be purchased on our website as well, aliciaandwhitney.com store. So join us in coming up higher together through worship. Hey everyone, welcome back to Coming Up Higher. We're Alicia and Whitney, and today we are joined by guest favorite, Miss Debbie Short. Woohoo! So glad you're back on with us, Debbie. <laughs> these are getting to be fun I'm really having a great time doing them (laughs) I know between like this show and the beauty of becoming and like ministry stuff that we do we're really getting to uh (laughs) have a lot of conversations with people I know these are kind of like phone conversations we have or hangout times like really (laughs) we just get to record so they they've been good yeah and we're not in our jammies (laughs) yeah yeah not in some hotel room at a gig or something because we used to sit in person, my apartment or, you know, your houses or whatever. And now we do a lot of it on the phone three way, but I've often thought by the, by the time I hang up, I think, man, that was really good. Too bad. Other people can't hear that. <laughs> you know. And so I like coming on cause we're just hanging out like we do ourselves, you know, but there's always n- nuggets that you walk away with going, cause you know, Alicia will bring up something or Whitney will bring up something or I bring up something and, between the three of us, you know, it's like a three-stranded cord can't easily be broken. It's just like, wow, you know, yeah. it's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and today we just want to talk about, talking about just kind of letting people in on our conversations and stuff. One of the things that has been really neat to see is just as we've, we're like, we're the iron sharpens iron friends and, you know, the three-stranded cord that's not easily broken. And through that, we've just learned to what it's like to just move with God and, of course, hear his voice. I know we've we've talked about that a lot on this show. But when we do that, some amazing things happen and some really great stories come out of it. And today we just kind of want to take some time and and just hear some of those stories 
of how God has moved as we've as we've come up higher, as we've started seeing from his perspective. And, and you know, not that like we've arrived by any means. It's like all along the way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All along this journey, if we just give God our yes, he can use us in some pretty incredible ways. And really we get to be his hands and feet right. in, in the earth. And, and we move from just being the church within the four walls to the actual church, the ecclesia that uh, was established, that, that Jesus was really establishing when he, when he came to earth. Right. So, and I don't know, I know Debbie's going to share some, and I don't know if Leisha and I may have some stories that pop up or whatever, but I just, yeah, we thought it'd be a great episode just to encourage people yeah. and because, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. Right. And, and so mm-hmm. if God can do this in our lives, he can do it in every listener's life as well. So you were telling us before the show started, Debbie, because we were like, why don't you share this story or that story? And you said it all began with a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> conspiracy theory yeah. alert, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it was between you and your late husband, Chuck. And I never, never heard the, the, phraseology that you used. Uh, So tell us about how all of this began with a little conspiracy. Well, we were in a a good sized church up in Columbia, Missouri, and there was a group of women that met. And um, when God started moving back in the nineties, we were just brainstorming. And one of the ladies, um, she was a doctor's wife. I'm not sure if it was her or one of her friends came up with the thing of, uh, you know, you know, hey, we could go around and stand on a corner or knock on people's doors and offer free prayer. And so a group, of, I did not feel led to do it. I really didn't. And so a group of them started going knocking on doors or if they were up at the grocery store, they'd hold up a sign, and say free prayer. And it was real. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I've had people come knock on my door and I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know, you know, but they started doing it and they really started. God met with them. And so my husband and I were talking about it, you know, and then some of them were given money and, you know, just if they, they were making up little gift bags to give to the homeless, you know, toothbrush and toothpaste. And, and I thought, well, that's all well and good, you know. And so my husband and I were talking about it one day and and we went to a grocery store called Aldi's and you have to put a quarter in the cart to get the cart and unleash it from a chain. And you can go do your shopping and then you put it back and you get your quarter back and it's to keep the carts all lined up and probably from not being stolen and stuff like that. And so we started calling our little project conspiracy of kindness. And so we're just going to be kind to people. Well, giving away a quarter, big deal. But we started when, instead of taking our cart back, we'd meet someone in the parking lot and we'd say, would you like my cart? And they go, here, let me give you a quarter. And they go, no, you just have a good day. And they go, what? You're just giving me your quarter? And we're like, yeah, because we're being good Christians, you know. And But we were calling it a conspiracy of kindness. We kind of joked around about it. Well, then one day I was driving to go to Aldi's. And, uh, you know, we worked basically paycheck to paycheck. My husband was a flooring installer. And some days we had a lot of money. And in winter months, it was thin. And this was one of those thin times. And and I was driving along and you passed a cancer hospital to go to get to Aldi's. And there was a couple walking along and I was sitting in my mind going through my list. I had 30 bucks to spend for a family of five on groceries for the week. Well, if I was going to do it anywhere, I could do it at Aldi's. But, you know, it's a creative shopping thing. And uh, and I just knew God would stretch it. And I'm driving along and this couple's out there. And while I was driving by, Lord said, I want you to 
stop and give them $20. And I was like, what? I, 20 out of my 30? I mean, it's only got $10 to shop with for family five. I don't think so. And it was like, I asked you if you would do that. You said you'd help me. And so I went and turned around in the restaurant parking lot, probably maybe a block or two down the road, turned around and came back. And it was kind of like the roads where we lived. You know, there's a center lane for turn lane. So I pulled in the center lane and I rolled my window down and I called this man. And I said, excuse me. And he goes, yeah. And I said, can you come here for a minute? And he goes, okay. Well, I wouldn't do that in today's time. This was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And so he came over there and I said, I know this is really odd, but I said, I was driving by and the Lord told me to give this to you. And I handed him the $20 bill. And he looked at me, he goes, he goes, why are you giving this to me? And I said, because God told me to stop that you needed it. He looked at his wife and he waved it in the air and he goes, God has provided. Mm, wow. And I said, and he starts crying. And I said, are you okay? Is everything all right? And he said, well, he said, our car broke down and we're going from St. Louis to Kansas City. Columbia is about halfway. And he said, it's in the muffler shop and they're repairing it. We had all the money, but $20 and the guy will not let me go home and pay him from home. And so he's holding my car hostage basically for 20 bucks. And he said, we needed to get home. And so we were walking up and down. He said, we've walked by twice, just praying, God, we need $20. We don't know what to do except to ask you for it. And he said, then you pull over in the median and you hand me a $20 bill. <laughs> and I, then I started crying because I thought I heard from the Lord. Well, that teaches you to listen when you hear something like that. And then it's so accurate like that. And I said, well, God bless you. And do you need anything else? No, we're good. Thank you. And we didn't even exchange names. It didn't matter. So I'm driving a few blocks now to go to Aldi's and I've got $10. And I'm going, God, you got to really help me because I got groceries to buy for a family. And I just, how am I going to tell my husband? I just gave $20 away. Although I knew he would understand. But anyway, so I go into Aldi's and there's a big truck out, you know, to the side and there's boxes everywhere. And I, I pull in and the first aisle is the first thing is the bread aisle. And this guy goes, uh, he said, I'm changing out the bread things. And he goes, I'm going to throw this away. But he said, would you like this bread? And he goes, I'll give it to you for, he said, I don't know, six loaves for 10 cents. I said, sure. So he wrote 10 cents on it. So then I go to the next aisle and it's, you know, I got through the canned goods and I picked up a bag of chips and stuff because I'd made a menu in my mind trying to get this $10 to work. Then I get over to the produce section and they're unloading the produce section and they had bananas and bags with 10 cents on it. You know, the big brown paper bags. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, and they were, they were starting to ripen, but not bad, but I thought there goes banana bread. You know, I was thinking all the things I could make with that. And so I picked up a bag of 10 cent bananas and then all the other produce was three or four peppers or three or four onions, 10, 25 cents. And so, and I'm calculating in my mind how much I'm spending. Then I get over to a couple of other sections and, and it was like, they were changing out luncheon, those little bags of luncheon meats. And they, back then they were like 25 cents and they go, Hey, all you can pick up in your two hands for a dollar. Oh and I, I probably picked up 30 packages of luncheon meats, you know, and cheese. And, and by the time I got up there, I had a little bit of change in my purse and I thought, well, if I go to $11, I'll be okay. 12. And I get up there. It was nine 99. Wow. And I got home and totaled everything up. 
and I wanted to see, it was almost like $80 worth of food Wow! that I got for $9.99. That's amazing. And I, I just thought, God, you are good. I was so humbled by that. Yeah. You know, and I, I just said, I'll never complain about when you ask me to give money again until the next day <laughs> I'm in the heat and I go to, and, and I'm, I'm going to go get an ice. I go get an ice water at Sonic for 50 cents because I like the ice and they have, I haven't put lemon in it. And so I go get an ice water and I think I got something else that day. And, and, uh, the girl brings it out to me and she forgot my straw, didn't bring me a napkin. And I was like, usually I tip people and I thought I'm not tipping her, you know? And it was just like, she walked back in the building. She goes, I'll go get you a straw. She goes, I'm really sorry. I said, it's okay. But I had an attitude about it because I was hot and thirsty. Could I peel the lid off? Yeah, but I didn't. So she comes out and the Lord's like, and I had money again, laying in the seat. And it was like, I want you to give her a $10 bill. And I was like, I gave $20 the other day. I, you know, I don't have the $10 to give, you know? And, and then it was like, you know, I'm more pleased with her than I am with you right now. And he said, I want you to call her over there and give her $10. And I said, well, she comes out and picks up the trash around the trash can. Then I'll do it. Cause then I know it's from you because right now I think, I'm just wanting to give money away. And I really don't want to give that money away. So she comes out and picks out the trash. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, if she does this. And there was one other thing I put out there. Well, she did that. So I flashed my lights. Back when I was a kid at A&W, if you wanted the server to come out, you flash their lights. So I flashed my lights. So she comes over to me and she goes, can I get something else for you? And I said, when you took care of me, I said, I was kind of hot and I had an attitude and I said, I didn't tip you. And she goes, Oh, it's okay. She goes, you were my last customer for the day. And she goes, it's really not going to make it. She's probably thinking I'm 50 cents. We can give me a nickel. Wow. You know? <laughs> and uh, I handed her the $10 bill and she goes, are you kidding me? And, uh, and she opens up my door. It scared me. She opens up my door, throws her arms around me and hugs me. She said, I've worked all day hard. It's the first time I've never gotten one tip, not one tip all day long. And she goes, I've picked up trash. I've done my job to, you know, to the most superior way I could do it. And she goes, and and God did not honor me. Mm-hmm. And she said, I was praying for $10 to finish paying my electric bill. If I don't have it by two o'clock, they're going to shut it off. And you just gave me a $10 bill. Wow. And she said, thank you so much. And I said, no, thank you. Because <laughs> I was thanking her because another lesson learned. Yeah. You know, and I'm the one that had an attitude. Now I did comply, but it was delayed obedience as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And I can't say that I got really blessed with anything that day, like the groceries and I wasn't looking for it. But the important thing was I was obedient to that. Yeah. I, I love how we all have those intentions to serve God. Yeah. Conspiracy of kindness. Like let's hit the streets, you know, and all this stuff. And like, little do we know God's like, I got a conspiracy on you because when you have to rip out that, that $20 out of your $30 grocery bill to feed your family of five, it's like, Ooh, gosh, Ooh, I don't, I don't think that's the Lord. I don't, (laughs) you know, we can kind of justify in our mind, like, Oh, maybe I heard that wrong or whatever, but here they were, standing outside of the cancer she was wasn't she a patient at the cancer hospital i am yeah yeah and you know they they were walking and and 
and waiting to get their muffler fixed and they didn't have a way home and just things like that. And they needed exactly $20. And, and I just think that's so cool. Like not many people can go their whole lives, Debbie. And, and because they don't either believe that they can hear from God or don't listen when he's speaking or don't listen to those gut feelings that say you need to do this. Um, We've all missed it at times. I know I have, I know you have Debs and, and, and we're not perfect by any means, but people can go their whole lives and and not have that moment where it's like, wow, I heard from God. I was at the right place at the right time. Had I left the house 10 minutes later, I would have missed those people or, Mm -hmm. you know, just things like that. Like, it's so cool when you can be in the center of God's will and get to be his hands and feet. And, and I just, I love though how he turns that on us and, and where we think we're, we're really in on some kind of secret working with God. And he's like, yeah, but watch what I do with your heart and yeah. watch how, watch what, watch what you learn and the blessings that come as, as you extend to others. Now, you know what that girl told me that really blew me out of the water? And I'm sure the $10 bill was important to her. But remember, I told you that the Lord, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you know, I'm more pleased with her than I am with you right now. And she had told me, I've worked so hard today with no blessing. Mm -hmm. And I still kept a good attitude. I still did my job. I still did what I was supposed to do. How many times does that happen to us? But I told her, and I and I told her, I said, she goes, why did you call me back over here? And I said, because, and I told her, you know, that I said, well, if she picks up the trash, well, if she does this, then I'll, then I'll do it. And I told her I had an attitude. And she goes, but you know what I hear you saying? And I said, what? She said, and she started crying. She goes, that he was pleased with me. Mm. She said, the $10 bill was important, but you told me that my God was pleased with me. And I said, because that's what he told me. And I said, I'm the one that had an attitude, even though I had the $10 bill and I could give out of my abundance in my seat here, right here, which it was an abundance. I was giving out of nothing, really. But how many times do we give out of our abundance? It doesn't hurt us at all to give. But it's when it's challenging to you. Now, in that same course, years later, I had God ask me to stop to a woman who was out on the, in the area down here and she was having car trouble. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Change your tire. And I just get chubby girl here. Can't do that. And I kept driving. And it's like, I asked you to stop. I said, I'm sorry. I've told you I would stop. It couldn't have been one minute till I drove around the block quicker than I got to the cancer hospital, drove around the block, came back around to that woman and, and I said, I rolled my window down and I said, is there anything I can do to help you? And there was a man that had pulled the car over to the side and well, he was already taking the tire off and she goes, no, it's okay. And she pointed at the sky and she goes, he sent someone else. Hmm. I wept and wept and wept as I drove off. And I said, God, I know you told me to stop. And it was like, that was delayed obedience, Debbie. And there's going to be a day that I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to be very important. And I need you to do it, not someone else. If you blow it or you miss it, I'll send in someone else. But there's sometimes you're going to be the one that I want to speak into the person's life. And you may not have been able to help change a tire, but you may have had a word, kind of like with that girl. And I told that girl at Sonic, 
God said he was proud of you, more proud of you than he was of me because I had an attitude you didn't. She was doing her job trusting God, and she didn't think he was going to answer. Now, why that lady answered me at the car, it's okay. He sent someone else. She may have said, the sky's blue, but I heard that because that's what God wanted me to hear. Mm. And he used it to teach me something deeply about when I ask you to do something. And then, and that's where you, you'll hear me say a lot, do what I say, when I say, how I say, no more, no less. I'm not asking you to change tire. I just asked you to stop. Instructions will come when I ask you to stop sometimes. Sometimes it's by the seat of your pants. You don't know. If we don't start listening to some of those promptings, how do you know if you're hearing from God or not? Well, that one was pretty clear. He sent someone else, you know, and I told God, I don't ever want to blow it again. And I know I will because I'm human, but I don't want to miss opportunity if there's someone that God created for me to feed into that person's life. Hmm. So that's good. Well, sometimes God... Yeah, routes you there to be his hands and feet. And mm-hmm. so it's like when we're disobedient in that, then that person's missing their blessing. And then in return, we're missing our blessing. Mm-hmm. And we have to, I think a good a good sign that God's asking us to do something and something good is going to happen is when we don't feel like doing it. <laughs> right. And that's what we've all <laughs> joked about. Like when there's a service that we don't want to go to, or we're just like dreading it, that is always going to be the service that God is going to like, blow out. <laughs> yeah. That God's going to do some crazy things in. And we're going to like leave being like, man, I'm really glad that I didn't let my emotions or my attitude get in the way of coming because I could have missed out on what God has for me. And so a lot of times that that's how we gauge it. <laughs> like, okay, if I don't feel like going, uh, it's probably because I need to be there. And it reminds me of a story actually with you, Debbie, I was working at a job that was kind of just one of those means to an end kind of thing where just getting me where I needed to go. And the environment always wasn't like, the best, you know, so sometimes you just come in and just be like, all right, I'm literally just here to like, I'll be nice. And, but I'm here to make money, <laughs> you know, like I'm just here to clock in, clock out. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes just the, yeah, it just the culture of it just wasn't, wasn't the best. And so I remember one Christmas God had put on my heart to buy gifts for my managers or to get gifts made for my managers. And it was just one of those like, no, we don't really do that here. <laughs> like that was the thought is like, yeah, we don't really do that here. And God was just like, well, I want you to do that. So Debbie, I reached out to you because you're she's an excellent painter and just very crafty and artsy. And I was like, what do you think about making, you know, this Christmas gift idea that I had? And it was like an ornament and stuff. And she was like, yeah, I can do it. And just said, you know, and you can just pay me, buy the materials and just pay me whatever. Like, so... I uh, brought everything over. You ended up doing a beautiful job mm-hmm. on them. And I gave you like what I had to give, you know, in, in payment for this and gave the gifts to my managers. And they were just like all floored. And one <laughs> of them who had been a manager for years was like, I have never received a Christmas gift from an employee. Wow. And he wasn't a Christian or anything. And so it was just one of those. And they all knew, you know, where where I stood on, on that. Like they knew I was a Christian. And so... Uh, Anyways, and it was funny because like years and years later, like they would always, (laughs) 
that specifically that one manager like kept his ornament out all year round. <laughs> like they never put it away. It was always out all year round and they would just be like, Hey, you know, I have that ornament on my fridge or like, they were whatever. personalized too. Did, yeah. They had their names. Yeah. On they're personalized. Stuff. But what was funny is so because that was such like a rare occurrence, they were all shocked. All the managers were, and they ended up pulling some money together to give to me as a thank you. Mm. And when I opened the card, it was the exact amount of money that I had paid Debbie wow. <laughs> to make, <laughs> make those ornaments. And I was just like, okay, like I wasn't out anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Debbie got blessed in the process a little bit. Like they got blessed in the process and I'm like not out anything. So <laughs> Good deal for you. Yeah. So it was just cool. Like, I just wanted to like throw that story in there. Sometimes like it's not a lot of times I should say it's, it's not going to be like, Oh, I get to do the will of God. Like it's this exciting thing. Sometimes it's going to be like, no God, we don't do that here. (laughs) Like that's not how it goes. Like, what are you talking about? But then as you step out in obedience, like God, literally God used a hand painted ornament to, advance his kingdom you know like maybe they didn't like get saved because of it but don't don't think that they're not thinking um mm-hmm. you know like of how special that was to them and how much it meant that someone reached out and loved them in that way mm. and uh so it's definitely important to to push through push through the emotions and yeah <laughs> all mm-hmm. of that yeah and i think too with this conspiracy of kindness that we were talking about sometimes we we're like some people get overwhelmed. Like there's so much suffering in the world. There's so many people in need, you know, there's these major issues going on and, um, what can I do? And I think it's just so important to, I think mother Teresa said it. She's like, if you can't feed a hundred people, just feed one. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's so important. It's like, you know, you may not be able to go and go out on the streets and evangelize, but you can pick up the phone and make a phone call. There's been people the Lord's brought to my mind that I haven't spoken to in 10, 15 years, and I'll have a dream about them or, you know, their name or just memories of them will pop up. Mm -hmm. And I know that that means you need to reach out to them. And, Mm -hmm. and it's happened more than once that I've reached, that I've reached out to them. And I, I just, I'll even send them a message on Facebook if I don't call and I'll just be like, Hey, I just want you to know, I know we haven't spoken in a long time and you know, I love seeing your pictures on Facebook. I love seeing your kids, whatever. But, um, I just want you to know that the Lord laid you on my heart and that he's thinking of you and that he cares for you and he sees what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And and they'll come back and say, you have no idea. I'm walking through the biggest storm of my life right now, or I, I've, I had this injury or, or whatever it is. And it's just like, man, like, thank you, God, that you care about us in the little things. Yes, you yes. care about a little handmade Christmas ornament, you know, that, that someone took the time to think of me. You care about the 20 bucks I need. You care about the 10 bucks I need to finish my, uh, paying my electric bill. Like, to me, you can preach at someone all day long and know your apologetics and, and know all these things about Jesus and the death and the resurrection. But when people feel seen, mm-hmm. yes. when they feel heard, when, mm-hmm. they, when they have just cried out to God, 
about a specific thing, and then in comes one of God's people being the hands and feet and the mouthpiece and, yeah. and just saying, God wants to confirm this over your life, or he wants to encourage you, or he wants you to know that he sees the storm you're going through. That is some of the most powerful evangelism, I believe, that we can do because it's personal. And that's it how Jesus personal. was. Yes. Jesus with the woman at the well. Well, if you actually, you've had five husbands. How would I know that? I'm a stranger, but because I'm, I'm God, because of the Holy Spirit, I, I know these intimate details about you. And man, you feel seen, you feel known, you feel loved. And I, and I, I always just walk away from those moments feeling like, man, thank you, God, that I got to be a part of that because it opens up our eyes in the process of how it intimate does. God is. Because you know you don't know anything about that person. You know, you know, like it had to be God. And so, Debbie, you know, your stories have exemplified that definitely today. I'm going to share one more story that I think is really important. Uh, Sometimes we practice on smaller things, giving away money and things like that. But when we start being obedient to God, he calls us into something higher. And I know that you two in particular know that we end up praying with a lot of people who are leaders and they're in broken places. And so we're getting ready to go to a restaurant and I kept switching back and forth between two restaurants and, and uh, they finally go pick a restaurant. So I said, okay, we're going to Applebee's. So we went to Applebee's and while we were there, three men walked in and they were dressed to the nine and they had the hats and suits and trench coats. They're eating barbecue with forks and knives and being real neat and clean. And, I said, I think I'm supposed to go talk to them. And they, and the group I was with, they just go, well, then go do it. You know? So I went over there and, and I asked them if they knew this particular person. The guy goes, yeah. And I didn't know what to do after that. I just stood there and he goes, do you have something you want to say to us? And I, I said, yeah, let me call my friends over. Cause I thought I'll bring in the backup, you know? <laughs> so the three of them came over and we were sitting there and then, and he goes, do you feel like you have something from the Lord for us? And I said, yeah, I I do. And so I shared with two of the men and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, you know? And there was an elderly gentleman, probably in his seventies, who was getting white hair and he was sitting there and, and I touched him and I, I knew what his name was. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't have anything for you, but I could pray for you if you want. And then I just looked at him and I said, wait a minute. I said, you're asking the Lord if you're a Moses or a, uh, Joshua. And, and the other two men just start going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Mm. And he goes, he goes, he goes and then, and the man laid his hands down on his head and he goes, tell me which I am. And the guy goes, you know, the other two men, they go, you won't believe what you're saying to him. And he goes, don't tell her yet. What am I? And mm. I said, you're a Joshua. You're to take him into the new, new, the new generation into the promises. Wow. And he just starts sobbing and then he just, he couldn't talk. And he just told the other two, tell her, tell her, tell her. And he goes, and so one of the guys, I'll just call him George. He goes, he said on his pulpit at home, they were there for a convention for education, Christian education. And he said on my pulpit at home, on his pulpit at home, he wrote a letter to the Lord and he said, I'm an old man. I don't know if I'm a Moses And I just need to move on and die and be retired. Or am I a Joshua? Because they'd asked him to take over a young church in St. Louis full of young adults, college kids. 
Wow. And he said, or am I a Joshua? But I need to know what I am. Mm-hmm. And he said, God, please, by the time I come back to this pulpit, identify if I'm Moses or Joshua. Wow. Amazing. And he's sitting there crying because he wanted to take the church, but he felt like he was too old. Hmm. And these other two men knew what he was praying. And here I am just coming over there, you know, but they were leaders that instead of helping someone get their electric bill, now you're feeding into something that a leader's crying out for, but he needs an unknown source to answer him and confirm what he felt. And so here he felt like he was supposed to take that young church. But when he looked in the mirror, he saw an old man, Moses. Hmm. And I'm sitting here going, no, you're a Joshua. You're to take the young generations into the promises of God and spill yourself into their lives so that your life continues with the heritage in this next church. That's good. Well, I don't need to tell you that that undid all of us. Right. Because you're either really right or you're really wrong. And it was one of those times that you just go, God, I've asked you to be out on the edge. I want to be out on the cutting edge, not like popular, but if you can go in with three men and you can bring confirmation to them of something that their heart cries for. I never heard from those men again, but I'd like to imagine that he took that church and that he led another generation of people. That was over 20 years ago. I doubt if the man's still alive. He might be. But if we can do as ordinary people exploits and extraordinary things for God. That's just one little tiny avenue. And it's opened up praying for many leaders in restaurants that come into Branson. Just being prompted, you know, people that are coming in and they're rewriting their, their whole conference they're getting ready to have. And Lord gave me three scriptures for you, this, 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 and this. And then I went and sat down. They come back over to our table, let us eat came back over and they go, here's the paper we were writing on. These are the three scriptures God told us to teach out of. Hmm. And your wife just came over and said, these things you're supposed to be teaching out of. Now, when you affect a leader, you're affecting 300, 800, 1,000. I, I don't know people that they're preaching to. And I, and I think, Lord, I want the trustability and the capability from you that if you prompt me to do something, there's been times that people have been toying with sinful things because we get tested by the enemy and well we get tested by god how will we respond and i've been able to speak into people's lives that were toying with emotional affairs or different things didn't know them from nothing but yet watch them turn their life back around go repent to their pastor take authority in their lives and and listen to authority And two years later, they're established back in the things that God wanted them moving in. And the thing I learned out of that is like, do you want to trade this for what God wants to use you for? No. Then just stop it. He's not even moved by what you're doing. He wants to know, can you change and turn and do what he's calling? How many of us, now that's kind of an extreme case. But how many of us do things that keep us from moving in the things of God? Hmm. Procrastination, overeating, alcoholism, drugs, sexual things. I mean, it could be, you know, being over exuberant about a workaholic, you know, being a Martha in the church and not a Mary, 
wanting to sit at his feet and listen to what he says. There's so many things that we do that are good even that keep us from moving in the things to him because we become too busy. And so some of these stories, I mean, there's so many more where you can see where people would turn their lives. And there's some where people failed because they chose failure. Yeah. No, I like my sin. I like this affair that I'm in. I like, I'm kind of happy. Okay. You know, and they don't want to turn until they fail a few more times and want to turn. But, but these are little ways that people can be, by being a motivator and an encourager and an exhorter, feeding into people's lives, loving on them, sharing money when God asks you to share it, sharing your wisdom or knowledge. You can do that in the church. You can do that in the workplace. I like to call it marketplace ministry. A lot of that's been outside of the walls of the church. That's right. the church on the move. That's reformatting someone's life and raising them up. Yeah. And I like seeing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're going to wrap up here, but I, that was something that I really wanted with this episode is because stories open up the eyes of our understanding they in do. a different they way. Do. You know, Jesus taught in parables. I mean, the Bible is full of people's real life stories, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I just think I love, I love listening to people's God stories and mm-hmm. how they hear from the Holy Spirit and their process and things like that. And so right. that's what we really wanted to share with you listeners is because it really can be that simple, just being prompted to, um, give out of what you have or to pick up a phone call or give a gift or things like that. And as, as you do one thing and you get the confirmation that I did hear from the Lord, I, I did have this understanding. I did impact someone's lives. Then it gives you the courage to do it the next time and the next time and the next time. And as Debbie was talking about some of the bigger things because of her gifting and the things that she hears from the Lord, um, it's impacting leaders and congregations, but you never know what leader is waitressing at Sonic right now. Right. <laughs> you don't know what what leader is is a teenage kid on a skateboard or whatever. Um, and so every every little thing that we can do um, really makes a big a big difference and, and can really change the trajectory of how someone views God and Absolutely. and can make them feel seen or not. And so thank you for coming on again, Debbie. Yeah. And yeah. um why don't you just, we like wrapping these up with prayer. And so why don't you pray for courage, um, for open ears, open eyes, for God's people to join this conspiracy of kindness, to, to yeah. join being part of the body and the hands and feet um, and, and get to do some of these exploits for the kingdom. Mm. You know, I love that song, Tasha Cobbs, I think, sings it. Um, he knows my name. Mm-hmm. He knows who they are. He knows when they're on the skateboarder at Sonic and what they're going to become. I'm 63 and he still knows the exploits I have ahead of me. He knows what exploits you have and the people that your music brings to people to change them. He, he knows our heart like an open book. Father, we come before you. And before I can even say a sentence, I know that you're going to know every step that people that are listening, the journey that they're going to be on before it even begins. I know you go into my future and you prepare a way. I love it that your kindness, you follow behind me, you spare me from the harm of my past. 
And so for the listeners that are out there, God, you're, you're going to spare them from the harm of their past and just launch them into their future, that your hand is on us, but your hand is on them. You are too wonderful and deep. You're incomprehensible. Your understanding today brings me uh, wonders and strength. I pray that those that are out there, that Father, that they'll begin to think about even living uh, what we were talking about, a conspiracy of kindness and loving on different ones that are around them to raise them up into the position that they're at. And God, I just thank you that you know all of our names. You write about us in your book. And so I pray for eyes to see and ears to hear in the things of you in the days ahead in this world that we live in, that somehow one person at a time, we can make a difference and it'll make a difference in their lives. And then they'll turn and pay it forward and do it in others' lives also. We give you glory for today, God. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, Debbie, for coming on and listeners. Why don't you join in on the conspiracy? Yeah. Conspiracy <laughs> of kindness. So I love that actually. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It needs to be a t-shirt or something, right? <laughs> a bumper sticker. But go out there, be the hands and feet of Jesus because he yeah. is speaking to you today and he has some great exploits in store for you. So we will see you next time on Coming Up Higher. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening to Coming Up Higher. If you enjoyed today's conversation, let us know by leaving a positive rating and subscribing to this show wherever you listen. And don't forget to connect with us on social media at Alicia and Whitney.